another episode of the bloodlust and bourbon podcast my name is steven i'm hannah i am troy and uh tonight we don't really have a movie to talk about but we're doing kind of a break episode that we're going to do after everybody does a mandate and uh it should be fun it's a hot take episode uh i had a lot of trouble thinking of a hot take to be completely honest with you uh i know they're out there i just can't think of them (laughs) oh me too (laughs) <laughs> yeah me too so but uh, over here we have someone who has plenty of hot takes <laughs> so it was work <laughs> i had to narrow it down so all right well let's just let's just uh talk real quick there's a lot of things going on with you know movie theaters opening back up and yep. there's a lot of horror coming real soon actually or has already came uh what have you watched recently um, I'm not sure if we met, I'm not sure if this was mentioned the last time I, uh, or sorry, the last time we were, um, doing our mini-sode, I, I saw Saw, or Spiral, the Book of Saw, I'm not sure if that, um, happened then, but I did see that, and that was really great, um, essentially, if it, it's like, All Cops are Bastards meets Saw. <laughs> and I like that. So um I guess I'm I'm not really trying to shy away from like our you know political views because I, I feel like all three of us share the same political views in that regard. So um yeah, you know, it's basically all cops or bastards meets saw at the same time. It's um it's a it's a pretty decent twist. You know, I feel like it was a really good introduction back into a Saw movie. Um, I would definitely recommend it. Um, but aside from that, I saw, I finally saw um, Hellfest on Netflix. I, I really liked Hellfest a lot, actually. I was a pretty big fan of that movie. I watched it. It was thoroughly entertained the whole time. I really wish there was a theme park like that. You know, I know, <laughs> you know, Kings Island and... Um, uh, Kentucky Kingdom and other places, obviously, you know, Halloween Horror Nights Universal do that, but just it seemed like the entire park was completely dedicated to it. And it was like a park. It was like an amusement park. Um, those are the two that I, you know, that I really, you know, really wanted to talk about. Yeah, so we actually saw Hellfest when it came out in theaters. Oh, really? I didn't know it came out in theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we went to, what, Regal and saw it? Yeah, it's been a couple of years now. Yeah, um, and because, like, one of our, I guess, one of my favorite actors. Uh, <laughs> I love Bex. But Bex said of Klaus, she was the, like, short-haired woman in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, um, uh, spoiler alert, did not get guillotined. <laughs> you thought she was going to get guillotined and then... She does not. No. Does not get geeked. Um She's actually in the uh, uh, Scream, the TV series that I really like. Hmm. That's where I first discovered, uh, I guess it's them. They, them, right? Yes. Bex is Last they, them. Uh, so we want to make sure we respect that. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, I like that they didn't show the killer's face at any point. I'm such a big stan of not showing the killer's face I, there's a lot of movies where you know, the killer's revealed it's great like scream yeah. um but i love you know a good you don't know who it is it's completely unknown you know going back to like halloween i mean you know it's michael myers but you never i, I know you see his face at the end but i'm saying you never get a true reveal or whatever you know what i mean yeah, I mean, you get like a two-second glimpse at his face. Yeah, but it's it's mostly mysterious the entire movie, and I, I really like that a lot. I feel like a lot of movies don't do that anymore. Um, yeah, 
So I really appreciated that. Hellfest is a little different for me than Michael Myers because like, Oh yeah, for sure. It was definitely trying to tell you the ending. Um, I guess spoiler alert again, like the ending is trying to tell you when, you know, he walks in and sees a kid and you don't see his face. That could be anybody. That could be yeah. any suburban dad. That's just like, got a hobby of going and, you know, on the evenings and fucking massacring an entire uh, group of kids. Mm-hmm. Maybe think of trick or treat. With the uh, principal, he's <laughs> like yeah. trying to teach his kid how to be, be a serial killer. Um, I mean, obviously, a lot of different circumstances, but I got the same vibes. Um, and it was like a really interesting way, I feel like, to leave it open for a sequel because that's very open for a sequel, like big time. Um, um, it, it is. Uh, I don't think we're going to see one. Uh, you don't think so? No, it didn't do very well. Um, well, box office wise maybe the, you never uh, know plenty of plenty of tanked movies have come back and gotten sequels eventually yeah yeah it happens um all right so what about you hannah what have you been watching uh we watched bloodthirsty which is a new movie it just came out it's a werewolf movie but with a definitely with a twist to it and i don't really like werewolf movies in general because it feels like it's always like the exact same story over and over and i like this one because it's not it's um it's about like a a pop star who picks up a new producer who insists that she comes stay with him in his remote house to produce her new album and while she's out there with her girlfriend just a series of strange things starts happening and she starts to change. And I don't want to get too far into any of the details because it is, it is really new. So I don't want to spoil anything, Okay. but it wound up being, it's very slow. Like if you're looking for something that's really like violent and gory and fast paced, this is not for you, but it was really creepy and atmospheric. And by the end, it was really super unsettling. And reminded me kind of of Jacob's wife in a way that, again, I don't want to get, I don't want to get into and give things away, but I liked it quite a lot. And then we've been watching uh, an old kind of, I guess a mini series. I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, it seems it seems like a mini series, but it's like a mini anthology series. Yeah, of uh, Stephen King stuff called Nightmares and Dreamscapes. And it's just like eight of his short stories each one turned into like an hour long kind of mini movie. And they're actually not bad. I'm really picky about my Stephen King stories. And these are pretty good adaptations on the whole. Actually kind of recommend them. They're made for TV. So they're a little cheesy. The production values aren't great, but on the whole, they're pretty, pretty solid stories and pretty true to the books while still still staying um, entertaining. I don't know off the top of my head if Mick Garris has anything to do with this one or not. I don't. I don't know. Because usually, if it's if it's nineties to mid two thousand Stephen King, and it's actually mm. pretty true to the <laughs> book or whatever, it generally we got Mick Garris attached to it somewhere, <laughs> right? Um, looking it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't feel like it does, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it, it just sounds like something McGarris would be attached to to me. Uh, it, it's a, just a complete guess. It could I could be completely wrong. Uh, but while she's looking that up, I'll go into mine. Uh, so my big thing that I did last week specifically was I watched every single Nightmare on Elm Street sequel. Uh, just because I could, I guess. Yeah. Most of them, except for... Uh, Dream Warriors is on HBO Max. Yeah. You um, didn't watch Dream Warriors, you said? I did. I watched I watched okay. all of them. Okay. I watched everything from Freddy's Revenge all the way to Freddy's Dead. Uh, and I, I, two continues to grow on me. I think it's got some of the creepiest scenes in any of the sequels. Um, I, it's incredibly gay. and I think that that's a good thing. Um, and then, of course, I love Mark Patton. But you know what he did? He did. He did great in that movie. Uh, I guess a lot of people don't like it, maybe because it breaks some of the like conventional rules of that universe. 
Like he's not always dreaming and, and, and you know, if he is dreaming, it attacks people that are not dreaming too. Like right. it, it does break rules, but I, you know, I still think it's a solid uh, sequel. Yeah. That's what the only thing I think was confusing about the movie. This is coming from, I'm a huge fan of it is that it's like, is Freddie doing the killing or is, um, you know, Jesse always doing the killing through him. Even when it got up to the point where, you know, Freddie comes out of his body and he's killing everyone around the pool at that party. I'm thinking, is that still, are people still seeing Freddie as Jesse? I'm not sure if maybe that, if they ever went into depth with that or not. Um, but I mean, all in all, like, I love, I also want to say, I love how these, you know, hated sequels that, are genuinely good movies that are like, you know, that are, you know, fun movies to watch are making a comeback. I feel like it started with Halloween three. Then I feel like, you know, nightmare on Elm street part two is in on that. And then I feel like uh, Friday the 13th part five is also in, in on that because people hated part five. Cause you know, no Jason, you know, it's not Jason, it's just a copycat, but it's like the sleaziest Friday the 13th with the most kills. Yeah, um, yeah. and crazy kills. So yeah, I'm glad nightmare Two is kind of, I feel like it's joined those ranks. I feel like people are starting to enjoy it a lot more now, unless I'm wrong, but I really think so. No, I, I think, I think you're right. I think people are starting to enjoy more. Yeah. Um, then I also just think that like, you know, part of why a lot of people didn't like it before. I, I'm sorry. It has to do with homophobia. Like there, it's just mm-hmm. very clear that, you know, uh, there's a, there's a, uh, queer coded tint to this movie. You're not uh, wrong. And, and then, of course, Mark Patton himself is is gay. And, and if you haven't seen the documentary about that, you should watch that. The documentary proves what you're saying correctly because, you remember, like at the beginning of the movie, the people that were talking about how they didn't like it were just like, I don't know. I felt like they they had the mentality of like middle school. It was like, uh, it's kind of gay. I don't like it because it's kind of, oh, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> so yeah, it's gay. So, you know, cause I've had this, I guess for the past, you know, few years, like three, four years, um, ever since I've been getting way more in touch, uh, with my queer side, cause I'm pan. Um, it's more so like, you know, I, have fortunately in my life, maybe cause I'm not surrounding myself with people who, um, are, you know, uh, are, judgmental or um critical of things like that but you know it, i can imagine if somebody's like uh, that's gay i'm like so what like yeah <laughs> i feel like more people come to like wow that's that's stupid that you are having a you know a negative mindset about something being gay um but it's just it was crazy to think like watching that documentary and it was proving like i said what you said correctly so many people are just I don't like it because it's gay. It's like, that's the dumbest fucking reason not to like. Can you mm-hmm. imagine being like a grown ass adult and not liking something because it has uh, gay connotations or, uh, or gay uh, uh, themes in it? That's so, that's so stupid and childish. Uh, I mean, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I agree. I agree with what you said, though. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so then I, I went out to, to Dream Warriors, which is really the the sequel to the first one, right? Like you get Nancy in it, you get all, you know, all the kids that can't sleep being locked up and you got some of the more memorable uh, quotes and scenes from it, you know, like welcome to prime time bitch came from this one, which is, you hear it everywhere. Yes. Uh, And honestly, like they, they, I think they go down the line. They just get kind of cheesier and worse as they go. I really liked four actually. And, uh, I really like it when they get back into like Amanda Kruger and her backstory and yeah. all that stuff. Uh, but I, I don't think I ever want to watch Freddy's dead ever again. Like <laughs> I've seen it a couple times. I think I, I think I've had enough. Like that movie is just bad. Yeah. It's just, I bad. think it had the same effect as Jason goes to hell did because I feel like Jason goes to hell came out kind of close to around the same time as that did. Yeah. And Jason goes to hell is my least favorite of the Friday the 13th. And I feel like new line cinema did the whole thing where they did a weird retcon and, you know, they tried to say, you know, Freddie has a fucking daughter and it's good for a laugh. I mean, like, I feel like it's entertaining in a really bad way. Like it's, 
like just really easy to laugh at. But yeah, I agree with you. I don't I don't think I'll ever be like compelled to when I'm really rewatching myself either. Yeah. Like, there were things about it that I liked that I was like, you could have made this a good movie with this, like exploring the like collective trauma of Sp- Springwood. Yeah. All these children have been killed in a really violent manner. It was like, there's going to be serious trauma. And also yeah. dealing with the fact that an entire generation of children have been killed in this one town. Yes. I could have explored yes. that a lot. Instead, I got a really shitty like Roseanne. <laughs> Cameo. Roseanne's in it. I forgot she was in it until you just. Yeah, she's she's in it. Don't blame her for being in it. It was the ambient. I mean, (laughs) oh yeah, yeah, that's what. (laughs) That's great. But you know, there was things about it that I thought was cool, like you know, the the song being written in different parts of the town was cool. Yeah, but like. That was the worst Springwood set design I've ever seen in my life. It looks like it's a Western ghost town and it's supposed to be in Illinois. Oh, no. Yeah, it looks completely different. It's like, you know, in Halloween 5, how the Myers house is obviously completely different. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you're not fooling anybody. What are you doing? And you're not you're not really even trying. And that's, you know, (laughs) fine, whatever. But like. You know, in the in the first nightmare on Elm Street, like it's very clearly not in Illinois, even though they're trying to say it's in Illinois. Like there's scenes where there's palm trees in the background, just like with Halloween. It even yeah, you know, just with Nightmare on Elm Street, I think they're actually a little more prevalent than in Halloween. Halloween at least like they're trying to hide it. Yeah, you um, have to really look and you have to know where they're at to like if you don't know, then you probably wouldn't notice they're in Halloween. But there's a there's a scene on a bridge in the original Nightmare on Elm Street where it's Johnny Depp's character. And then uh, Nancy, I forgot Johnny Depp's character's name. Uh, I do too. <laughs> eh, who cares? Uh, but uh, they're like standing on the bridge talking, and behind it is very clearly three palm trees there, <laughs> just there. And I'm like, you, you, you could have just said this was Springfield, Florida. Like it would have been so much easier. Or if you said it was out west, it would have made sense later on. If you know, you know, and I know Wes Craven doesn't really like any of the sequels except for New Nightmare, but like it would have just, I don't know, one story, one little change in the story would have made sense through all of this. Instead, yeah, like it looks like Dust Bowl, Oklahoma, but it's supposed to be Illinois in 1992. And it's like that, that none of this makes sense. And then you just got to add, like, by that point, Kruger was like everywhere. Like he was, you know, they were marketing him to, to teenagers and children and everybody. Like you could call a hotline to talk to Freddy Krueger and all his dolls were everywhere. And he had just become such a, like a, a I don't know, like, would you describe sell out? <laughs> I, I don't want to say the Freddy uh, like a character sold out but like it was very clearly like he was he became really really cheesy and Freddy's dead mm-hmm. and it, the kills became just like ridiculous like I don't I don't like any just of those yeah, is that the camp. one that has 3D in it because I have a DVD box set of all the nightmare films and it came with like red and blue 3D glasses I think so maybe it's yeah. not Dream Warriors, right? Because it's usually the third one of the. Film. I know that's why I was. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure. Um, oh God, I was watching something. They were talking about three. It might have been In Search of Darkness. I actually started rewatching those. Talking about what we were watching. Oh yeah, and they meant they talk about it, and I'm like, oh yeah, hey, my copy of I don't know what it is, three uh, or four, five, one of them. But yeah, like I would. I, I'll watch all of them except for that one again. Like the, the rest of them were fun and, and have saving graces to them, even though they can be picked apart. But like Freddie's yeah. dead, just I'm I'm good. Like and it takes a lot for me to be like, oh, I'm never gonna watch a horror movie again. But like I, I'm sitting halfway through this and going, I could be watching something else. I could be, you know, I could be watching random YouTube videos instead of this. <laughs> yeah. It's just there's just too much. Like the the one more last thing I was going to complain about until we move on. Uh, the whole scene where Freddy is like doing the video game kill. God, it's the iconic kill of the whole movie. I feel I, like. But it's 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 atrocious. It's atrocious. Yeah, like, it's bad. 
it's the one where he like pulls up his glove and he breaks the fourth wall and like looks at us and like wiggles his glove and it's like really <laughs> we don't need any of this we don't need this he you know freddie's already campy enough as it is you don't need to camp him up even more uh so yeah uh, anyway hannah do you did you ever get a um, Mick Garris has nothing to do with the Nightmares and Dreamscapes series, so far as I can tell. Okay. Well, that answers our question. You want to go back to what you've been watching? or uh, The only other thing I've been watching is uh, Gilmore Girls on a loop. I went through all seven seasons and the revival in the span of about two and a half weeks. I have no idea why. I, I, I have an idea why, but that, that's okay. It was fun and it was light, and yeah, that's, I like it. That's fine. <laughs> we we Gilmore Girls is fine. Just because you think one of the characters is BTK, so one of the characters is definitely based on <laughs> a serial killer. And I, I will, I will. I mean, they call him literally call him BTK once, twice. Really? Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, he looks just like Dennis Rader. Andy, like, does things Dennis Rader would do? He measures people's lawn height. Yeah, like, that's just shit Dennis Rader <laughs> would do. Isn't Dennis Rader still alive? Dennis Rader is indeed still alive. He's, oh, he's in uh, he's in federal prison uh, in Kansas, and he is in six and a half days of solitary confinement. Um, he gets half a day out. All right, well, then let's, you know, go ahead and move on to our main topic today and it's going to be a fun one uh it's our hot takes episode our first one so what it's going to be like is you're going to give we're going to go around and we're going to start with troy then we're going to go to hannah then we're going to go to me uh you're going to give a hot take you have about anything in horror you know a horror movie industry anything like that culture but you have to defend it tell us why you have this hot take and we'll tell you if we agree or if we push back on you, then you know we don't agree. Okay. Sound good? Sounds great. All right, Troy, give us your hot take. All right. So I, I tried really hard to think, because I know you said earlier you were having trouble trying to figure out really what one would be for you. And I was actually, you know, having a lot of trouble. And this is coming from, you know, we've had, I feel like, on the better end of, it feels like a month to figure out what is a hot take, but it's, you know, a lot of the stuff I feel like I generally align um, for the most part with, uh, I feel maybe I surround myself with people who feel this way, but my hot take, um, I guess I would have two, but I'll just, I'll talk about one. Um, one of my hot takes is, um, uh, this is coming from also um, this is because people at work brought this up and disagree with me. Um, anything that's not rated R isn't automatically bad. I feel like that still is a stigma that a lot of hardcore horror movie fans, a lot of you know people like us who go to conventions, collect a lot of physical media, who are you know die hard, super horror nerds will dismiss a lot of horror movies that are not rated R. And I think it's really dumb. I think it's really stupid because there's so many good horror movies that aren't rated R. And the reason I even thought about this is just because, like I said, I remember this whole conversation I had at work with my coworkers and somebody, I don't remember what they were talking about, um, but it was something about how, Somebody thought some movie was dumb, uh, which prompted him. It was, I can't even remember what it was, but it was a, uh, it was a horror movie that wasn't rated R. And I said, um, I said, uh, you know, there are, you know, here's these movies that are great. I think I named Poltergeist, Jaws, um, 1408, um, Excuse me. I was losing my train of thought here. Sorry. Um, uh, Gremlins. Um, 
I even argued that um, even movies like Halloween or Texas Chainsaw Massacre, if they didn't have very small elements, would not be rated R. Even Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm coming from a place of that movie is very gratuitous and known as one of the most disgusting movies of all time. But there's still, by today's standards, things that you could easily remove that would make it not rated R. Uh, Drag Me to Hell. Uh, um, heck, even The Ring or The Grudge. There's just a, you know, um, I would say there are a lot of great horror movies more so that are rated R that are, you know, you can think of more easily. But I would even wager something as far as, you know, something like The Conjuring or big like popcorn movies you see in the theaters that I don't necessarily like. But the thing is, is that I feel like those are important though, because how do you get people to come out to the movie theaters to see horror movies? Um, I understand there's successful ones like the latest Halloween from 2018 or the it movies. Um, but like a quiet place was PG 13, which I thought was great. I hear the new one is great. And I haven't seen it yet, but I feel like these big budget, you know, I'm not, I'm a really not a big fan of James Wan at all. Even Alex like, saw great, but like his PG 13, jump scare movies i'm really not a fan of i'll go on record of saying that i'm really not a fan of james one um but they're important because they they tell you know producers and studios that horror movies are profitable at the box office and that keeps horror movies alive in the movie theaters which keeps you know more horror movies being made by other studios so that is kind of my hot take is i think that you shouldn't discredit a movie because it's not rated R. Oh, the gate. Sorry, I missed that one. The gate is amazing. Yeah, that's that's my hot take. Yeah, like I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I don't know how much pushback we'll be able to give. Like, I know that's one of the complaints people had about the new Black Christmas is, oh, it's PG-13. It's not, uh, not wild enough, not bloody enough because they made it for teenagers. But like... I still liked it despite that. And to me, it seems kind of short-sighted to insist that all horror movies have to be only eligible for like the 17 and up crowd, because how are you going to get people into horror movies if you have to wait till they're functionally adults to do so? It seems more like, you know, the smoking industry or the Catholic church, you got to get right. them while they're young, get them in there, not wait until they're already, you know, fully formed before you try to get their attention. Yeah. Indoctrination is important when it comes to horror movies. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the new black Christmas remake for tons of reasons. I have nothing to really do with it being PG 13, right. what you mean. And um, night. Of, sorry. I keep thinking of the night of the comet. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's kind of stupid. It's the same thing. My other hot take was going to be remakes, but I would get to that maybe a little bit later. <laughs> so I'll just keep talking. But um, I think we're all circling remakes. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I wonder if that's is that a general consensus? Is like remakes aren't terrible. Like remakes it, at at their core are not automatically terrible through remakes. Is that a, like a general consensus? I, I, okay, so I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you my hot take for this round is that uh, yeah. remakes are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But, uh, my my hotter take on it is that all remakes are good, even if the movie is bad. And that'll be that'll be the, the argument we might have. Um, <laughs> so before we before we get into that, I guess I'll go next. Uh, before we get into that, I want to say I think it's interesting. Um, if you talk to a horror fan that maybe frowns upon PG-13 horror, if you talk to them about goosebumps or are you afraid of the dark or like the PG horror, right? Yeah. Like not really PG-13, they look on it fondly because when they were kids, they were really into that stuff. Right. Um, but then for some reason, they look down on PG-13 horror and they go from like goosebumps to like mm. a Serbian film like <laughs> with, without any in between. And it just seems kind of ridiculous. Like your first horror movie was not, you know, the Hills have eyes more than likely, or, or something really, really hard. It was more than likely something a little on the softer side or, or something more adolescent based or teenage based. 
Sure. So don't look down on it just because you outgrew it. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people need to keep that in mind. Now, for someone like me, yes, that was definitely an aspect of my love for horror. You know, people think people don't realize that there are things that like add to your I would add to your love for horror, for instance, um, things that would scare you that aren't necessarily horror movies per se. For instance, I remember when I saw a scene from the fucking mummy as a kid with the scarabs. I'm like, Oh my God, that's horrifying. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, that I, I argued this shit in uh, my high school uh, film class. <laughs> I remember they were like, you know, they, they, they wanted to show the mummy for, uh, for October for, for Halloween, like for horror movies. I'm like, it's not a horror movie. It's like a, you know, that, that by extension that you're calling like Indiana Jones, a horror movie, because it has the same amount of like horrific things in it. Or you can say like Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory, that scene with, you know, this, like this, you know, the bad trip when they're all, you know, going down the chocolate river, to the next traumatizing. yeah it's trauma yeah but, I, but for me myself like i was fortunate enough to have um a parents well specifically my dad who was really cool with you know uh we would go out to blockbuster and he'd be like all right grab a couple tapes and he would let me pick i remember that one of the first times i got i personally got to make my own choice when i was about 11 or 12 was I got to choose fr- like the original Friday the 13th and Child's Play. I have very fond memories of those. And I feel like one of my next choices was the Evil Dead, which, um, you know, he didn't really watch those with me. I will, you know, he's just like, yeah, watch them and, you know, have, you know, have a friend over and y'all can watch these. Um, my grandparents weren't so cool about it, but <laughs> what I'm saying, even for people who don't have the luxury of having parents or the ability to watch these movies easily like as young children but i feel like that was a big thing in the 80s too more even more so like young kids that are definitely not 17 would you know be able to watch sneak into the movies and watch you know movies they shouldn't be watching but uh but yeah not everyone can do that and i feel like it's wrong to deprive somebody of um inspiration so don't diss PG-13 horror movies because they're PG-13. Diss it the movie because it's a shitty movie. Like, diss it because it's not, you know, for for valid reasons. Not I mean, To not like it because of its rating is not a valid reason, in my opinion. I feel like there's some entitlement there, too, on the part of some horror fans. Like, not everything is for you. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay for things to be made for, you know, a younger audience than the age that you are now. That's fine. Maybe you watch it and you enjoy it anyway. Or maybe you just go, eh, this maybe would have been for me 20 years ago. And it's not for me now. And that's okay. Let me watch something that's more to my taste. That's fine. I think the most scary story is telling dark. Yeah, I think the most recent example of that is the new craft movie. Yeah, like old craft fans had a fit, yeah. refused to watch it, blah blah blah. But if you really, if you watch it, like it is catered to the teen mm-hmm. to teenagers now, but you can still enjoy it mm-hmm. because it still feels like a craft movie. Like it still feels like it's coming from the craft and it's doing the craft, you know, honor or whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's still good. It's just that, like, because it's targeted for teenagers now and not targeting your nostalgia, mm-hmm. you're just not going to give it a chance. Even though there's parts of that movie that I would argue triggers nostalgia, or yeah, nostalgia absolutely. all the time. Like it still, you, you still had people just like would refuse completely to watch it. But the thing is, is that like, if you don't want to watch it, that's fine. It doesn't matter, but stop throwing a fit over it everywhere you go and talk about how your childhood's ruined or you know somehow horror movies aren't the same anymore than they were yeah you know, back in the day for you or whatever i think we just segued into your topic with that yeah uh, we did yeah we we have very similar i guess topics because uh, yeah like i said before mine is uh, remakes are not bad um but I specifically want to say even remakes that might not be good movies are still a good thing. Uh, 
because, and my main argument for that is, if you have a bad remake, let's let's say like I don't think any of us are really fans of the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, right? Um, right. Yeah. But how many people saw that and then discovered the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise because of that, or the Friday the Thirteenth remake? Um, so I, I think, you know, horror specifically has like a mountain of remakes. All yeah. the way back to there was a Frankenstein in 1910 to you know the Frankenstein in the 30s. Like remakes happen all the time. I just don't understand why we would want to shit on them now when they've done such a service to the to the genre. Yeah, no one can say that. Like if you enjoy you know John Carpenter's The Thing, then which I feel like even though Halloween's my favorite movie like favorite horror movie of all time maybe favorite movie of all time i would still say john carpenter or the thing might be john carpenter's best like best horror movie he's ever made technically like budget wise and uh, character wise there's so many aspects about that movie that's they're completely amazing yeah. but that's what i mean this remake or the fly yeah you know, like there's so many you don't even see those as remakes. You know what I mean? Those are just no. its own thing. But I would argue the ones that everybody know are remakes. Yeah. Still add to the franchise, and that is inevitably good for the franchise, right? Like this is segueing into yours. I'm assuming, <laughs> uh, like Rob Zombie's Halloween, yeah. still adds to the Halloween franchise, and you still get. You know, despite it being a completely different take on the story, you still have people that are going to watch that, and maybe they didn't enjoy that, so they go and check out this different version of Halloween, which is the original version. Yeah, version. Um, so they, and that's it's kind of a light hot take, I guess, but it's the one that I've been thinking about, and how it just annoys the shit out of me when people are just like, "I won't watch a remake," or "I won't watch yeah. this," or "This is just bad." The original was better, and then you know what? There's sometimes remakes better. Let's just be honest. Oh, 100%. I was going to say your hot take is, is really great because it's not a, it's, it's still a definite thing. You know, you have some fucking boomer in the comment section on Facebook being like, well, Hollywood doesn't have any ideas anymore. Shut up, Wendell. Like, shut up. <laughs> fuck you. Like, you know, Hollywood doesn't have ideas anymore. Like, fuck you, man. It's so, it's so stupid because first of all, like you were saying, there are so many remakes that are so much better. The Hills Have Eyes, I like that way more than the original Hills Have I'm sorry. Have you ever seen the original Hills Have Eyes? I think that the original is boring as fuck. I think it is a slog of a movie to get through. My it, is a, it, is, it is a slog. Yeah, I think it really it's is. The Last House on the Left. There are There's actually a few, barring the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Um, I guess those two specifically... Or both Wes Craven movies that are remakes that are absolutely terrific. Dawn of the Dead, I feel like it's general consensus of honestly, it might be better than the original, even though I really like Dawn of the Dead, the, the OG. Um, but yeah, we can sit and talk all day about which ones are better, but I agree with you though that there are a lot of remakes that are I would consider better than the original by yeah. far. All right, so. <laughs> do you have anything to say on the remake thing? Well, I do, Stephen. Funny that you asked. So my hot take is one that uh, infuriates people. So I thought I would share it with everyone. Uh, my hot take is that a particular remake is better than the original. And that is indeed Rob Zombie's Halloween. And, <laughs> and Troy already looks triggered. And I will also say that in my opinion, the original Halloween is not that good. It is boring as fuck. Rob Zombie took that movie and made it into something that is actually worth watching. Now, <laughs> oh, <God laughs> now I will say, let me, let me back up for one second. I will say, like, I respect the original Halloween as its, you know, place in the canon and how important it is and you know, what it did overall in creating the slasher genre. I get all of that. And that's fine. It is an important movie. However, I am perfectly content to never see that thing ever again, as long as I live. It is an hour of nothing happening. 
of this asshole in a mask standing there doing nothing and of people babysitting children that I do not care about and never want to see in my life. And then by the time you're too bored and dead inside to care what happens, then everybody dies. Like that is the dullest movie that I've ever seen in my entire life. And I can't stand it. Whereas Rob Zombie, Michael actually has something approaching a personality. I liked getting the backstory. Do you need it? And not necessarily. Like, I don't think that every single villain everywhere needs to have a backstory or every character. Like, apparently they're making another uh, another Willy Wonka origin story. Timothy Chalamet is going to be young Willy Wonka. And, like, it's no. it's fine. I don't. The guy's face makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. His face. Like, I might watch it. I don't know. But, like, I don't, eh, I don't feel like I need that. But. Myers as a character is just so boring to me because there's nothing there that's seeing like what it was kind of behind him and how he evolved into what he was that that added a lot to the story for me so that when he started stalking all these people I was like okay there's some context to this right and I had felt a lot more invested in the story than I did to begin with. See, I don't hate that take though. Like, I, I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like the take would that take would certainly just make everyone. I say everyone make so many like diehard fans of the series. Like, you know, I'm a diehard fan of Halloween. Like, diehard fan. Like, humongous, <laughs> humongous fan. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like. Steven, even more so. You're going to fucking Western Kentucky University. I'm like, how do you get yeah, more gotta, die hard than that by going to Western Kentucky? I got a tattoo of the original logo, yeah. Jacqueline, yeah. on, on <laughs> my arm right now. He does. It could cringe sometimes when she insults it. I can cringe a little, but you know. Yeah, it, but here's the thing it's like, this is why I like these discussions because. What one thing I'm, I'll go back to in just a second is the gatekeeping. Um, mentality of lots of nerd cultures including horror and i feel like you know if you deviate just the slightest bit from you know uh you know a basically general opinion about something then you know people will claim you're not a nerd or claim you're not a fan or what fuck the fuck gatekeeping (laughs) um the gatekeeping mentality i'm i'm so done with it including you know you can have different opinions you know what i mean me personally um i can understand why that's more interesting i think to me per me personally michael having motives and having a reason as to why he does things and having human like he humanity breathed into his character makes him so that you can kill him like any other person. Like he, he can kill me. He's dead. He shoot me. He's dead. And it limit, it eliminates the, like the, I guess the scariness of it. I feel like it just, for me, those are the things I personally like, because I feel like they were like subtle little tiny scares. And I feel like the argument can like go also go over into like something like Blair Witch Project. You know, I feel like a lot of the arguments I ever hear about that are, you know, nothing happens. Yeah. I mean, um, um, obviously you know, I, 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 I disagree that the Rob Zombie version is better. Uh, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I agree with I, you that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, agree with you the, the original Halloween movie for me is, is one of the greatest horror movies ever made in my opinion. Yes. Like it, it's low budget indie at the time. And I think that's important. Um, and I'm not saying Rob Zombie's not low budget. He does not get a good budget most of the time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, but it was low budget indie. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of kind of dry points in that movie. Um, but to me, I guess it's just the stalking. I like the stalking. I like the tenseness. of Yes. It. Um, and you get a lot more of that, and it builds up more for me in that one. Whereas Rob Zombies, uh, if I'm watching Rob Zombies Halloween, I'm not watching it for that. I'm watching it for 
yeah, kind of like more of a background story. Rob Zombies is more loud, whereas Star Wars is more quiet. Far more loud than Halloween. Every one of his movies are. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah for and, sure. And I, I am a I'm a diehard defender of, of Rob Zombie, and I'm actually a really big Rob Zombie fan. Um, sure, but yeah, I, to me, it just it can't compare it to the original Halloween. But I will I will defend Rob Zombie's Halloween to my grave. I think it's a, a perfectly good take on the Halloween franchise. It was just a different take. Um, yeah, and you know, I've seen people. I could do a whole hot take on Rob Zombie, and I probably will eventually. <laughs> He's, um, he is a good filmmaker. Like, yeah, I I love most of his movies. Yeah, there's a, there's been a couple. That, yeah, but I, I even like ones that a lot of people don't like. Oh. Uh, I have actually a hotter probably take, and this one is not mine. I stumbled across it on Twitter a couple days ago and saved it for this moment just to. To show you, I am not actually the worst when it comes to this. Uh, this a hotter is take than that. A hotter take than this on a Rob Zombie movie. Because, okay, his second Halloween movie, like, I like it. It's fine. I really like uh, that he's a Rocky Horror fanboy, and you can see that over and over in some of his movies. I love yes. it. Like, he has all of them in Rocky Horror costumes. Uh, their fates in the movie are the same as their fates in the in actual Rocky Horror. Like, I love that. I think it's really cool. But it's it's not my favorite movie by any means. However, this woman on Twitter, her name is Willow Caitlin McClay, tweeted on the 22nd. I sometimes wonder if Rob Zombie knows there's a small group of film critics who consider his director's cut of Halloween 2 one of the finest films of the 21st century. And there is an... <laughs> There is an entire comment thread and a bunch of quote tweets agreeing. The first reply is, it's like if David Lynch and Alex Cox had a baby. <laughs> now, <laughs> I don't know about that, but I did think it was funny as fuck. Well, we don't have time to unpack all of that. <laughs> Oh, boy. I like the first part of Rob Zombie's Halloween, too. I like the like the hospital bit. I, I like really it. like that. Yes. I, I like everything up until we get the white horse it's with a, the, the horse. And, yeah. And, and I hated the I hated the the Michael that wasn't. I don't know how you say his name. Dave Fair. I'm not want to butcher his name. Yeah, the the young blonde kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh he does like I know he does conventions, but I know he does he does rap now or something. Oh no, um, does he? I'm not sure. I like he. I, I maybe he's successful with that. I don't know, but he's really super cool at conventions. Killer therapy. Killer therapy. It was yeah, not he good. He was. It was not good. I could see how maybe he would decide to move on to the film. But um, like, it's 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 just jarring when you watch the second movie and it's clearly not him. It looks. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I did not like the shit from the white. I didn't like it. I do enjoy that Rob Zombie tried to make it so experimental and yeah, and yeah. tried to really deviate from anything Halloween too. He made it his own movie, but I I still really yeah. It, I, I get that he was trying to get into like the the curse thing, like you know he's trying to make it all about his family and the family you know curse and all that. But like, I would have just preferred it if Michael died or yeah, Laurie <laughs> Strode like continued on like that would have been fine um oh i hated loomis i know that's probably the point but god i just well, was yeah so, yeah he's, he's scumbag loomis where i was just like, like kyle over here punching drywall when loomis <laughs> came up on the screen but also, like, like ah. honestly he's kind of a more honest take on loomis oh for sure no i don't i don't disagree with that at all whatsoever he totally 100 percent like you know, in, in in the original, you know, six, Loomis eventually like retires and has to come back out of retirement in six. But it's yeah, like, he never gave up thinking about Michael Myers. He never stopped. He never. He was always on the lookout for Myers, and the only thing that could bring him out of retirement was Myers himself. We should and, have an episode about six about the director's cut or the producer's cut and the original cut. Oh, if we could do that eventually. One yeah, I was just I could just think about it. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I'll say I felt like um, Zombies Loomis was closer to the like, I guess, sequel Loomis in the 2018 Halloween. 
the one that like springs Myers because he just really wants to know what's going to happen. Uh, I can't remember that Dr. asshole's name. Dr. Sartain. Sure. Did, did y'all, did y'all freeze? Did I freeze on you all? Sorry. It just said unstable. Hold on. Oh. What, what did you last hear? Um, started talking about it. And then I heard Dr. Sartain was when it started, like when it came back up. Sorry to take over. Sorry. Uh, I felt like uh, the Loomis in Halloween or Rob Zombie's Halloween, especially Halloween two was sort of like the, an older take or newer take, I guess on what ended up being the sequel Samuel Loomis in Halloween 2018. The guy you said, Dr. Sartain, Dr. Sartain, because he just sort of wanted the fame and to see what Michael would do. And just the kind of total sleazebag psychiatrist guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love Dr. Sartain. Just like it's the boot, man. Yeah. I was going to say that. I was going to say his, the head stomp sequence in 2018. I liked a lot more than the head stomp sequence in Halloween too. Cause in 2018, it's like one and done splat. And then in, well, in twin the Halloween two, it's kind of more like hard to watch because he has to do it over and over and over. But um, I liked it better. <laughs> and like, I really like the twenty eighteen one. I may hate the original, but twenty eighteen I enjoyed a lot. That one's fine. It's just the first one just who did not do a single thing for me. I loved the twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen is the best sequel. Um, yeah, yeah. Even though, like, I have my my favorite my favorite sequel is is probably a toss up between two and four. But I will say, twenty eighteen is like the best made competent, like competently made Halloween sequel to all the yeah. other ones. It's yeah. great. I I constantly watch it a few. I've watched it a few times every single year. I'll probably watch it sometime this week just because I'm thinking about it now. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. So. But anyway, that is that is hers. It is the Halloween. Rob Zombie's Halloweens are better than the original. Uh, we don't agree, but we see her <laughs> okay. point respect it. That's uh, the best. We need to take this out of this. Is that everyone can have their own opinions on yep. anything, even if it deviates. Like that's okay. Oh, yeah. Why can't we well, please make that the norm? Jesus, yeah. this yeah. is this is not going to be the hottest take that even <laughs> she has or I have or anything oh like that. No. Like there, there are some ones where uh, we will agree, you might not agree, or something like that. But the thing is, of is course, it's, it's fun, it's cool, mm-hmm. and we can try to do our part to in gatekeeping and horror. Yeah, like. You're you're you should not be influenced to you know your likes should not be influenced by what everyone likes. You should I, I res, my me personally, I respect anybody so much more for you know not liking you know something like if somebody said I liked um hell, I don't know. If they if somebody told me they liked the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, excuse me, more so than the than the original, um you know what? Like then that's their thing. You know what? That's what. That's how it should be. Somebody tells me that, great. They're out there somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't, you know, get the pitchforks and torches ready for somebody saying that. I feel like it's just so stupid. It's just so much division over like dumb shit like that. And it's. I feel like it'll be, you know, forever until that happens. But because you know, this is all what we want is like this, you know, happy community for horror movie fans, but then, you know, go to Facebook and check out a, a comment section. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go to Twitter, man. Oh, yeah. Or go to, go, go, go to Twitter, yeah. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so anybody else got any takes? They want to do mini hot takes? Anything before we leave? No, but I do have a really interesting thing that, that was announced today. Okay. Fun fact, I meant to t- talk about this earlier, so... Severin Films announced their July lineup of movies. They announced four <laughs> movies. Is it what I think it is? Did you see this? It was Overboard. they announced. Yeah, they announced like three. Obs- yeah, with Kurt Russell and Goldie. Oh my Hall. god, I love that movie. They yeah, I do too. I really like Overboard. I've seen it a million times. It's great. It's a great. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy it. it comes with a slip cover and everything. The blue they, okay. Blue they announced like three sleazy. Um, Spanish crime movies. They talked about like 
you know, these weird grindhouse crime movies from Spain. Sort of cannibal movie. The Cannibal Man is one yeah. of the movies I've never heard of. And then Overboard. With and then the, the rom-com where Kurt Russell's character should have gone to jail for like kidnapping. Yeah, for like kidnapping this woman. <laughs> I fucking, I am a, I'm a huge fan of that movie. Like I, I remember, I don't know if, if I've talked about this before. It's like, I'm a huge fan of Ghost. Like, Yes. Oh, <laughs> like Demi, like Demi Moore, Ghost. Yes. I'm a humongous fan of that movie, and um, wonderful. I wish it's just so funny that it, like a sleet, like Grindhouse releases all these sleazy, disgusting, weird, obscure movies. Overboard. <laughs> just there was the the craziest. Everybody's been just like at least that I follow on Facebook has been blown up about it. Oh, yeah. um, I thought, oh, this is not horror. What's up with this? This is not everything. And then people going, "Have you seen Overboard? It's, it's terrifying. It's pretty horrifying." Yeah, yeah, no, I think that was that was definitely one of the one of the points somebody made. I'm going. I am. It's only like set like seventeen or eighteen dollars. I'm definitely going to buy it. It comes with a fucking new interview with like some of the crew on the movie or something and then like i said a split cover so i'm i'm absolutely going to buy it so yeah. hilarious I'll put yes. it on the list for a certain somebody <laughs> <laughs> yeah get buy a copy of it plus they have their sale coming up by the way uh vinegar syndrome is having their this this weekend is having their um halfway to black friday sale as you mentioned every almost everything they say is 50 percent off huge savings on tons of their stuff and then also severin is having a huge sale i'm not sure that'll be a part of it but just saying yeah good good time to pick it up good time to pick it up and yep. you know that'll be a good you know topic for our mini so that'll be for <laughs> two weeks let's have an overboard episode just talking about overboard <laughs> on our horror movie podcast i am in <laughs> It'd be a bonus episode yeah. just, just talking about overboard. Yeah, no, I'm all for it. For, a lot of rom-coms are really actually horrifying. Like, you could recut them and they're all fucking stalker movies. Oh, yeah, there's one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and... Um, summer, 500 Days of Summer or something? No, 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 no. It's Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, um, oh, God, who is it? Uh, some lady. And he's a kid. He's a literal kid in the movie. He's like 12 years old. And he has to get married to this lady. Oh God, I can't remember. It came out in the nineties. I don't know that one. Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a kid has like gets married to this this um. It's it's just really fucked up. It's like a child. Yeah, at its core, like it's like about a child marriage. It's really fucked up, but it's in the you know the nineties and it's played off as playful and romantic or whatever. But it's a child marriage. I mean, big. That's the whole plot of Big. Tom Hanks, oh, yeah. is a twelve-year-old, and he ends up with like an adult woman having like sexual. Con- like this. Okay, that's creepy. Blank check. You know the movie Blank Check, where the oh. kid gets the million. Like he writes it. He gets a blank check and writes a million dollars and cashes it for a million dollars. And this, he's like eleven or twelve, and this woman who's obviously in her like mid thirties is just like kind of. <laughs> Kind of like alluding to, you know, like, uh, I like you, kid, like, wink, wink. I don't know. Uh-huh. It's like weird vibes about, but yeah, all of this, like, people liking kids in the 90s and movies is rampant and it's gross. Ugh. Every story in Love Actually would count as a oh, boy. horrifying fucking movie. Have a Love Actually we have gotten so far off topic. Hot <laughs> yeah. take. Rom-coms are really horror movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a great hot take, actually. Wow. That's great hot take. All right. <laughs> anyway, so let's go ahead and uh, end things here. We've done our hot takes. It's been fun. And then we talked about Overboard for 20 minutes. Uh, so... Uh, next is your mandate. And you announced it last week, but go ahead and tell us again. What is your mandate? Mandate is Lucio Fulci's zombie. That is the mandate in the movie I want to talk about the most. There's so much to discuss about that movie, and I'm very excited. Awesome. So yeah, I cannot I cannot wait for Hannah to watch, you know, a zombie underwater fight a shark. Oh dear. Yeah, like a real human being, like stuntman. Do you all have a physical copy of it? I'm buying one. 
watch the intro. It's just like 20 seconds of Guillermo del Toro being like, is the great movie. You're going to have a great time watching this movie. It's he doesn't tell anything about it. He's like, this great. And it's real funny that they have a. Intro. I love my monsters. <laughs> I love gear built. Anyways. Anyway. All right. We will. Uh, okay. Everybody. That is the end of our episode. Uh, be sure to go follow our Twitter, follow us on uh, Spotify or Apple podcasts or wherever, and go like our Facebook page. Yes. All right. We'll see you all. Bye. Peace. Bye.